It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. It has been a huge honour to be Prime Minister of this great country. It's goodbye, Liz. Hello, Rishi. I've just been to Buckingham Palace and accepted His Majesty the King's invitation to form a government in his name. By just making it to office, Rishi Sunak has already made history. He's the first British Asian PM, as well as the richest to have the position and the youngest in 200 years. I will unite our country, not with words, but with action. I will work day in and day out to deliver for you. Sunak has, however, got a big job on its hands, though. We're in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis, the economy has definitely seen better days, and the Tories have had quite the fall from grace in the opinion polls. So, can he handle the challenge? What are his credentials for the role? And who is the man behind the politics? Katie Strick is commissioning editor and senior feature writer at The Evening Standard. It is very groundbreaking. I mean, he might be the third prime minister of 2022, but he is a man of many, many firsts. I don't really know which one is the most interesting, to be honest. I think they're all fascinating. So he is the first British Asian um, non-white prime minister, um, which is a massive milestone for that community. He's also the first Hindu prime minister. And interestingly, the news was obviously announced yesterday, which was Diwali. Um, so all that community, the Hindu community, have been calling it a Diwali gift. Um, it's the Indian festival of light. They're saying it sort of represents this bright new chapter. It seems um, to be a bit of a metaphor amongst um, amongst Hindus and, and the wider British public. He's also uh, the youngest prime minister in 200 years. Not ever, I might add. He is 42 now and Pitt the Younger was 24, just 24 when he became prime minister in 1783, which I think is fascinating. But people lived... Um, slightly um, less long back then. He actually died when he was still in power at um, 46, so only four years older than Rishi Sunak is now. But yes, Rishi is by far the youngest in 200 years, so a big cause for celebration there. And he's also the richest prime minister. So he is the first prime minister to be richer than the monarch in Downing Street. So he's richer than the king. His estimated wealth is currently £730 million compared to King Charles's £350 million. So that's quite a stark difference, double really. So yeah, a man of many, many firsts. And I think 
widely amongst the British public. His um, announcement as Prime Minister has been seen as a sort of symbol of stability, hopefully, a new era of hope, and certainly a step change. He's sort of a very different breed of politician to Boris Johnson and Liz Truss. With Rishi becoming PM, British politics is looking a lot more diverse, isn't it? Yeah, I saw a really interesting tweet from Matt Hancock, who, interestingly, side note, um, was avoided. If you were watching the footage at the 10 o'clock news last night of Rishi um, going around and, and hugging all his fellow Tories and shaking their hands, he did miss out Matt Hancock in the lineup. He completely walked past him. But Matt Hancock is um, clearly singing Rishi's praises and congratulating him. So on Twitter, he wrote that this was a wonderful demonstration of modern Britain, that we have a Christian king, a Hindu prime minister, Jewish Home Secretary, Grant Shapps, and a Muslim Mayor of London. And he's put, I'm glad to live in such a diverse and tolerant country. And it does feel like that when you look at the the cabinet. Um, I mean, I know the cabinet is ever changing at the moment, but there's certainly um, much more diversity than there was sort of five, 10 years ago, and even more recently than that. So that is certainly something to celebrate. Let's take a look at Rishi Sunak's background. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so anyone who's been following Rishi, um, he's obviously not new to most of us. He was Chancellor and I know he always used to refer to his childhood, um, you know, as growing up, watching his parents serve his local community with dedication. He's very proud of the fact he grew up with his father, who was a family doctor, and his mother ran a pharmacy. And he's talked about how he would spend his weekends delivering prescriptions by bike um, when he was a teenager growing up. He was the eldest of three. He was born in Southampton, and I believe he still supports Southampton Football Club, as my friend who supports them was very keen to point out yesterday. It's a difficult one because I think, you know, there's been suggestions that he's made in the past. That he came from this modest background, and many have criticised that, saying, you know, he, he did not come from this modest background, and we find him very unrelatable, unlike a lot of other conservatives. He went to England's oldest public school, Winchester College, which is, you know, renowned um, as one of the top um, and oldest public schools in the UK. So a very middle class background. So he's spoken about how he was one of very few Asians at Winchester, sort of the first generation into that level of society. And he's acknowledged that it, it does put him amongst that professional middle class. But um that it was sort of it was it was a you know groundbreaking moment at the time really and then he went on and went to Oxford as so many of our prime ministers um, have done and apparently his fellow students back then um, even used to joke about how he wanted to become conservative prime minister then it was it was a well known fact so he did a classic PPE degree um, and was described sort of as quite a nerdy teetotal student. Um, apparently his party trick was performing the the famous clubbing anthem Ice Ice Baby, which is quite an interesting, um, interesting detail. And then it was about there that he after that, that he went on to Stanford University, which is where he met his wife. As you mentioned, Rishi is the richest ever PM. How did he make his wealth? So like a lot of, well, previous chancellors, I would say, Rishi worked in the city. So after Stanford, he didn't go into politics straight away. Like a lot of prime ministers, he opted for a financial career working at various investment firms. So Goldman Sachs, he worked across um, California, India and, and Britain. And then in 2010, he set up a private investment partnership, with an initial fund of £536 million. And it was at that point he started volunteering for the Conservatives. So the Times have said that he was a multimillionaire in his mid-20s, although he's never confirmed or denied this. But he was certainly, yeah, really had huge wealth, um, even when he was very young. And then he married into um, one of India's richest families. So his wife's father, his now father-in-law, um, was known as sort of the Bill Gates of India, an entrepreneur. And um, so obviously he has inherited a huge amount of that wealth as well. 
Rishi's not actually been a politician for that long, has he? Just give us an overview of his time in politics. No, I know that for so many politicians, you always talk about their extraordinary rise. But I think in Rishi's case, that is a fitting phrase to use because he has only been in politics for seven years, which is quite remarkable for for now being prime minister. He was elected as the MP for Richmond in Yorkshire in May 2015. So it's one of the country's safest seats, supposedly. It's been Tory since 1906. So it's 2015 that he entered. He was re-elected in 2019. And then, as we all will remember, it was in February 2020 when he became Chancellor that we really got to know Rishi. And I remember there was lots of hype around him at the time, um, seen as quite a different breed of chancellor back then. And he really sort of made his name in those initial months of the COVID crisis. So you remember he had this quite slick sort of team behind him that everyone used to joke was sort of as though it was it was more like ads for tech startups than his financial policy. He was very took after at Wagamama, serving customers. He had this sort of slick social media. He had his infamous eat out to help out scheme, obviously subsidizing meals. And he was sort of generally, I would say, quite a well-loved chancellor during those times and worked very closely with with Boris Johnson on that. And at that point, um, the two of them seemed to be getting on very well. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more of our in-depth profile on our new prime minister, Rishi Sunak. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Katie, Rishi's wife, Akshata Murti, made headlines over tax reasons. Can you tell us a bit about who is essentially going to be Britain's new first lady? It will be interesting to see what she's like as a sort of Britain's first lady, as as we often um, refer to them. I imagine she'll be a very different type of breed to carry, but we've not seen a huge amount of her in sort of the public realm, you know, speaking out on her own terms yet. So it'll be really interesting to to see how how that does play out, or whether she'll she'll try and stay in the shadows, as um, Liz Truss's husband certainly did in her short tenure. And they have two daughters, who again we don't we don't see very much. Um, there have been a few family photos together and Rishi's wife has starred in Vogue as well, talking about her business before. Um, but other than that, we haven't seen huge amounts. And obviously there was that very memorable, those headlines around her tax affairs um, back in April. Um, and she has since changed her sort of tax arrangements since then. So, um, yeah, that was certainly seen as one of the sort of the big skeletons and scandals in Rishi's career so far. Um, and that was all involving her. So um, it'll be interesting to see how much she chooses to step forward into the limelight or, or stay back in the shadows. And what do we know about Rishi as a person in general? 
think Rishi in many ways is often known as quite a nerdy character. He he very much owns that um, when he's talking about his personal life. He loves Star Wars. Apparently he collects replica lightsabers. Um, he loves the early Bond movies. He loves a gadget. I don't know if you remember that famous self-heating coffee mug that um, 180 pounds self-heating coffee mug that he was pictured with um, last year. And he's spoken about how he's quite OCD with things like stacking the dishwasher and fun little details like that. He apparently is a fan of intermittent fasting. He enjoys Greek yogurt for breakfast on weekdays and pancakes at the weekends, apparently. He and the family, I think, like going out on walks when they're up in Yorkshire at their, their big home up there. They have a very sweet looking puppy called, um, well, no longer puppy, dog called Nova, who he was pictured with um, on Instagram in 11 Downing Street back when he was chancellor. And um, yeah, he famously doesn't drink alcohol as well. So his favourite drink is a Mexican Coca-Cola made with cane sugar, although that definitely um, tripped him up one one year when he um, told school students that he was a massive Coke addict and he had to quickly clarify that he meant the soft drink. And um, as a family, they reportedly own four homes. So they have their two homes in London. They have um, a 12 acre estate in North Yorkshire and they also have um, an apartment in California, not far from the Sussexes. Um, although I don't know how much time they're going to have to spend out there um, now he's in Downing Street. And finally, do you think it will be second time lucky for Sunak? Well, it's clearly second time lucky in that he has now finally made it to number 10. He he obviously tried once before and didn't make it and stepped back while Trust took the reins. And he now, um, now he is here and he has got what he wanted. And actually, it's very interesting that he did choose to really step back and keep quite quiet and in the shadows once um, this trust was elected. He didn't get involved in some of the, the Westminster chaos of the last few weeks. He did He did sort of remain there and was probably thinking, I told you so, when a lot of his economic policies were proved correct and Liz trusted the opposite. But he is now in power and we just have to hope that he picks a diverse cabinet, a good mix of the left and the right to keep everyone close and he doesn't just opt for everyone that Liz Truss didn't have. And then it's time to get down to business really with the economy. And and that luckily is hopefully what he does best. It's too early to say really, we hope it will be second time lucky. And all I can say is that if recent weeks have shown us anything, it's that becoming prime minister is not the real achievement here. It's remaining prime minister, or at least um, hopefully for longer than the lifespan of a lettuce, unlike Liz Truss. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.